0: Thank mm-hmm. you. Officially, folks, it is time for round two. And with that being said, good evening, denizens of Internet Wonderland. I hope my voice finds you well for this round two edition of WrestleMania 39 News and Events. Welcome back to my home. This is Cheshire's Place. As always, I am your host, the melodious one, Mr. Cheshire. You can always find me in my small little corner of Internet Wonderland by clicking a like on the Facebook group page, Cheshire's Place, a looking glass in a logical madness. You can listen to this episode and all other content on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Radio Republic, Stitcher, and many other platforms. And if you ever feel like dropping a line saying hi, giving any thoughts or suggestions to upcoming episodes, feel free to email me at CheshireLookingGlass at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter, at Place Cheshire. For behind the scene antics and shenanigans for the podcast, you can always follow us on TikTok at Cheshire Place. And also be sure to check out our still-being-constructed Instagram page, which is also at Cheshire Place. So, real quick before we get into all the introductions and everything... Thank y'all for joining us one more time tonight for our second episode relating to WrestleMania. Technically third episode, but second one today or tonight because it's already more actually technically tomorrow because it's getting close to midnight and we have been at this all bloody day. So I'm going to forego the music and intros and everything. We're just going to get right to it. So the first individual I'd like to introduce she is the first lady of Internet Wonderland. She is one third of the sirens, which, you know, season <laughs> season seven uh, cheatless volume four is being worked on by all three of them. She is a director. She is an actor. She is my other half. She is my better half. Miss Sally Stitch. How's it going, Sally?
1: I'm doing great.
0: How are you doing? Good. The second individual I'd like to introduce, he is our resident voice actor. He is the bodacious beard that all men would love to have and all women would like to play with. He is the velvety vanilla of Internet Wonderland and our leprechaun whisperer, J.J. Walkies Esquire. How's going, J.J.? It's going well. Are you trying to make Patty talk, too? Maybe. Patty doesn't have that ability like st- like Sphinx, I'm just saying. Uh, Not yet, at least. <laughs> He's more of an action-type person. You know, Action speak a lot of other than words, and I saw how he was trying to dry hump uh, D-Twizzle's arm. So, anyways, <laughs> going to that final <laughs> introduction. He is the international Lothario of the stage. He is the silver-tongued devil. He is the sexual chocolate internet wonderland tantalizing the juices and pleasure of all the single women out there and maybe some cougars if you have a little extra money. Just saying, <laughs> D Twizzle, how's it going, D?
2: Nah, it's doing all right tonight. A little tired, but ready to get this.
0: Oh, I'm ready to get this started. So, before we actually dive into the night two results, due to the fact that there is a little bit of breaking news, so we're just going to do this for old times' sake. Monkey, I wish you were here with us, but we have to do this. Welcome to this special edition of Breaking News with Cheshire's Place and the Looking Glass crew. Now, something that we did find out today is that WWE is near a deal to be sold by Endeavor. Now, for those who do not know who Endeavor is or what the group is, this is the parent company of the UFC. So, if this does happen, which there may be an announcement about it on Monday Night Raw, That means two titans of combat sports. You have the UFC and you have WWE. You have MMA, you have pro wrestling. Both of these companies will be under the same umbrella. This is something that is highly unprecedented. This is something that is going to change the face of both sports entertainment and combat sports. Now, mind you, this is also the parent company that has control of the um, slap fight thing going mm-hmm. on, Power Slap, yep. whatever the hell it's called. Um, but we're not going to talk about that. Aww. Although, <laughs> if that, although if, they, if WWE decides to bring back Brawl for All, they should do it in a Power Slap competition format. That'd be hilarious. Be funny, too. We may have to play with that a little bit later. But anyways, so... <clears throat> I want to get y'all's thoughts on WWE being bought by Endeavor. And I'm going to start with D twizzle first.
2: Um, well, I kind of just found out about it. I mean, I'm, I'm still trying to understand like the power dynamics. I, I take it Vince and triple H and those folks will still be having some positions in the group, but I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm very curious to see how this dynamic will work out. Um, you know, because it won't be technically in the McMahon family anymore. You know, they'll still own a certain percentage, but I mean I think this is gonna be quite the this is gonna be quite the endeavor. I don't know how this is gonna impact how they do their business and stuff, but I only imagine that like, you know, I guess as long as Triple H is still kind of running it, then you know, I think it'll still be in good hands. All right. So JJ, what are your thoughts?
3: I'm very, very interested to see where it goes from here. Um, I know that they brought Vince McMahon back to be on the board just for this specific negotiation that started several months ago, and from the sound of it, it's fairly li- very likely that something will be reached. You know whether it's you know an actual acquisition or if uh, there might still be some other players in the game that are yet unnamed it'll it'll definitely be interesting to see where it goes from here
0: so the thing is about vince mcmahon and i'm glad you brought him up uh this week he actually signed a wwe employment contract to stay on as ceo Mm. so you have to think this is in lieu of the actual acquisition being done oh so and they talked about this, especially with the idea of the Saudi sports organization buying WWE, right. where Vince McMahon would stay in a leadership role. He would have control of the overall day-to-day operations, and the majority of the people involved in the board of directors and also in creative and everything would still keep a job. Now, <clears throat> there's going to be a lot of speculation with this on if people are going to be released.
3: Right. Right.
0: And if they make this deal, if it actually becomes official, we should see a lot of shift in the board of directors.
3: And the talent.
0: Yeah. Well, not really talent. right? I guess,
3: I guess they would be the ones staying because as opposed to the ones that would have left if the other.
0: Yeah. If Saudi would have bought it, then yeah. But also there will be a shift. They'll, I don't want to say a shift. There's going to be a lot of changes maybe we may lose some talent due to budget cuts for the transition, which that's a possibility. And always after WrestleMania, there's always cuts and future endeavors and everything. So, and also you have to think like, uh, Logan Paul, his contract is up. Brock Lesnar's contract is up. Um, we already talked about Drew McIntyre earlier. His contract is up. There's a possibility for them to renew, or there's a possibility that they will just let them go. So, we'll see what happens on that. Uh, Sally, what are your thoughts?
1: I had no idea any of this was happening, and I don't know anything about the owners of
3: this. (laughs) I I know about Dana White. That's about it.
0: Yeah. Now, granted, this, you know, Dana has said some positive things about WWE, and he said a lot of negative things about WWE. So, almost, this is like a big F you to Vince, with Endeavor buying WWE and the possibilities of the product staying the same or changing a little bit to be a little more realistic, like the old school UWF days in Japan. It's a possibility, but I'm not going to make any speculations until I see what is going on. Let's just see what's going to happen in the upcoming, I'm going to say three months. Mm Hmm. Because with the announcement, it's going to take a little bit for the actual transition to occur. But anyways, enough about that. I'm sure we're going to be hitting a lot of breaking news relating to this. Let's go ahead and deep dive into that rabbit hole of night two. WrestleMania 39. WrestleMania goes to Hollywood. This was a crazy, crazy show. Night one set the stage. Night two delivered. So what we're going to do is pretty much similar to what we did earlier. We're going to discuss the matches and give our ratings for the matches leading up to an overall rating for night two. But we're going to do one thing different. After we give the ratings, we're going to give an overall rating of WrestleMania, both nights. So, the first match that we're going to dive into is the opening match the Nigerian giant Omos versus the beast incarnate Brock Lesnar. So, Sally, I'm going to start with you. What did you think of this match?
1: It was super quick.
0: <laughs> That's what she said. Hey, now. <laughs> and <laughs> anything else to add on to it?
1: My sister was surprised that he could lift Omos twice. She was like, "Wow, <laughs> wow!"
0: And what's your rating of the match? It was
1: a three, three. Man's okay. yeah, meat, smack and
0: meat. Two meaty men bumping meat. Thank you, B- Biggie, for saying that and giving <laughs> us that context. All right, JJ, you're up. <coughs> your thoughts? Yeah,
3: I, I blinked and it was over. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's what she said. To but me. not for. Uh, I I don't think it was a worse match Than You know Day one's opener So I'd give it
0: Three and a half Okay Three and a half Three and a half Uh, D You're up
2: Uh, I liked it I mean Kinda Like you said It was It was a quick match But You know (laughs) I think it's just kinda Part of the course For some of these uh, Pay-per-view matches With Lesnar But Excuse me Um no, it was fun. You actually had a chance to show. Omos kind of throw Lesnar around for a little bit, and then you know Lesnar snapped and won it. So overall, it's all right. I liked it better than the uh, theory Cena match. Okay, and your rating? I give it a three.
0: So I'm going to go with a three on it. I mean, for what it was, it's a typical Lesnar match, but then again, it wasn't. You can tell that Omos has improved. His timing, his execution on certain things. You know, it's rare to see a big man really show improvement. Kali was always one sided. Giant Gonzalez was always one sided. Um, there, there's quite a few out there that were just one sided. Psycho said for being a big guy. Um, but aside from that, honestly, I'm surprised Lesnar won. You know, Omos had the dominating factor in this match. But then again, of course, it's Lesnar. He's going to win the majority of his WrestleMania matches. So, yep, three for me. All right. The second match we have to discuss is the WrestleMania showcase match, the Fatal 4-Way Tag Team Match, which put the teams Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez versus Natalia Neidhart and Shotzi Blackheart Versus Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey Versus Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville Let's talk about this one Alright D You're up first
2: right. well I did like the initial back and forth Uh, What was surprising Is that the other three teams You know Liv Morgan's team uh, Sonya Sinatayas Actually had a lot of ring time be able to kind of showcase a lot of their uh, Skills But You know with um but it wasn't a lot of stuff with Rousey, so there was a couple of good spots. A little very, very entertaining. You know, they did a lot of um a lot of very fast paced type of action, especially after the first one, which was so sluggish. But I'm still going to give it a three. Um Wasn't, you know, it was good. The finish was kind of, kind of off. Kind yeah, very off. I mean, there were some circumstances. I think that happened, but um, I'll I'll still give it a three. Okay. JJ, you're up next.
3: So this one I I kind of missed the finish, but the the rest of the, the match I, mm-hmm. I seem to like. Um, you know, the especially the part where, you know, they I, I think I, I've seemed to notice this a lot more in the in the women's matches where they're jumping off of the ring onto the the runway and <laughs> then get get caught by about five people and they all fall down. Yeah. But, um, no, it was fun. I don't know. I guess I'd probably give it this, just like, uh, D did. I'd give about the same, same score that (laughs) I did the, the first match. So three and a half.
0: Okay. Sally?
1: I don't, I wasn't super entertained by this one. It just seemed to like pass by for me. But I was, I was right. It was Shayna and Rhonda for the win. And I,
0: So I would give it a three. So this is the thing we have to remember because Rhonda is still technically injured because she did suffer an arm injury. Mm -hmm. And it looked like Shayna was injured because she messed up her ankle. I'm not sure if it was before the match or if it actually happened during the match. But whenever she had her boot off, you can tell it was wrapped. So I understand them being limited on what they could do. Mm -hmm. Aside from that, if they weren't involved in this match, like if it was just a triple threat tag team match, I would score this a lot higher mainly due to the fact that all of these teams that were involved were makeshift teams. They were just put together for this, but yet they had tag team synergy. They had good energy. They were going balls to the wall. There was a, a lot of good things involved with the match. One thing that dragged it down for me was Shayna and Rhonda, So I'm going to score it a 3.75. It would be higher if we didn't have Shayna and Rhonda involved. But I understand why they did it. Because they want to build them up to be tag team champions eventually. So, all right. The next match we have to talk about. We're going to go... Oh, I've almost forgot. We already mentioned that Rhonda and Shayna won. So... By far, it could have been a lot better. All right, so the next match we're talking to it was an absolute banger of a match. This was heavy-hitting European-style wrestling at its finest. We are talking about the Intercontinental Championship match, which put the champion Gunther Versus the Scottish warrior, Drew McIntyre. Versus the Celtic warrior, Sheamus. So, Sally, what did you think of this match? And what is your rating for this match?
1: This match was amazing. There was so many bare-chested slap fighting and moments that were just brutal. Um, I would give this a... 4.5. 4.5.
0: All right.
3: JJ? This was actually my favorite match of the night, so I'm, I'm going to do something uh, p- potentially a little controversial. I'll say this will be my only five for
0: for this all right. the show.
1: All right. Controversial.
0: I'm not <laughs> mad at that at all. I mean, everyone has their opinion it was a damn good match. Mm-hmm. All right. D? What you got?
2: Yeah, it was kind of the same thing. This was, like, during the predictions, this was the one that I was probably more eager to look for. And, yeah, yeah it definitely didn't disappoint at all. It was so much, so much fun. I mean, these people actually, like, you know, going at it. it. Triple threats are always so interesting because you don't know, like, how the dynamic's going to work or, you know, who's going to pop over here or there. Um, But, yeah, there was, like, lots of spots to go around. And, you know, no one was definitely... No one was definitely messing around. Like, the physicality was really good. But caveat, I I was kind of reading something here. And I was like, probably the only thing, not that it would have made it better, but it would have nice would have been nice to see if uh, Lashley was able to, you know, be in a match. Mm. Maybe particularly this one, but, you know, just just to mix some things up. But overall, it, it was, like, top of the line. I definitely, you know, like, like you were definitely giving a five. I gave it a five for that. That was that was amazing. All right. So, oh, my God. So,
0: we have to talk about this match a little bit. Gunther coming out in the old ring comp outfit from back in the day. Um, Sheamus and Drew starting off the match just going ham on each other, having Gunther come into it. Like this was back and forth insanity, but the story between Drew and Sheamus, that was a driving factor. Unfortunately, it did make Gunther feel like the third wheel out of this. But having him win the match the way that he did, power slamming <laughs> Drew onto Sheamus.
2: Out of the no, blue.
0: No, no, no. He, out of he, the he Sheamus onto, onto drew, drew and then, and then drew. he powered ball, and then he power bombed Drew. You know, honestly, I wanted Sheamus to win, yeah. but having Gunther win it, and he's still one of the longest-running Intercontinental champions so far, you know what? I don't mind it yeah. in hindsight. I'm going to give it a 4.75, mainly due to the fact that, you know, it's an amazing match. I'm not going to give it a 5 right off the bat because Gunther could have done a little bit more in there. That That's my only complaint. Mm. Sure. So the next match we're talking about is for the Raw Women's Championship. The champion, the EST at WWE, Bianca Belair, versus the Empress of Tomorrow, the Twisted Perot, Asuka. My God. This was... Um, to me, this was on par with, with last night's SmackDown Women's title match. Mm-hmm. A little more technical, but... Within the technicality, it was pretty brutal, too. So, D, I'm going to start with you. What is your rating and overall view of this match?
2: i am definitely give it a four. I like the contrast in the different type of styles. And it was remarkable to kind of see how they were both really working with each other. Um, you can definitely feel a little bit of the frustration, you know, uh, different parts of the match uh, with Bianca. Um, And, you know, just her being able to go out there and just really performing and selling this stuff So she was amazing to basically kind of put that support behind And, you know, I was definitely behind her 100% Her um, entrance was amazing You know, I I definitely, that that was definitely, you know, something I kind of, you know, gave the feels a little bit But um, the match itself was outstanding um, it kind of makes it hard Because I don't know which one I like more Between that one or Rhea's um, match So it's a little bit of a toss up But give it a 4 uh, Just outstanding work from from both uh, From both performers Alright, JJ?
3: Yeah, um, I think I would give this a 4.25 uh, Again, solid performance from, from both of them um, But you know, it, again, kind of being just a singles match doesn't always hold my attention as much as as the ones that have a little bit more going on with them, and uh, yeah.
0: Alright, alright. Sally?
1: I really loved the, the whole match. This one was very uh, back and forth, because I do love both Asuka and Bianca, so like, whoever won, I was going to be happy, but I am sad that Asuka didn't get it. Cause I think it's her time.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: But I want to say the other thing about Bianca's entrance, um, knowing that that one little girl oh, yeah. lost her mom that morning and she still got out there and got to do this. Like,
0: yeah. So for the, yeah. What was your rating for it though?
1: I would give this one, a 4.5. I like
0: it. So for those who don't know what we're talking about, um, during the press conference afterwards, Triple H did mention that um, the youngest girl, the contortionist from Bianca Belair's entrance, her mom did pass away during the morning. So it it's very it's very heartwarming to see that she still came out, she still performed, and. The individuals from her dance troupe, from the Divas of Compton, along with Bianca, showered this little talented girl with, with love and affection and, you know, just making sure that she's okay. So, you know, on behalf of all of us here at Cheshire's Place of Looking Glass and Logical Madness, we would like to send our condolences to that little girl and her family during this time. So, my view of this match—it's definitely a four-point-five match. The back and forth, the storytelling, the just the overall aesthetics of it—the just everything about it. Yes, I wanted Oscar to win. Yes, she did have a, a wardrobe malfunction that I was hoping <laughs> was going to rep more. <laughs> and the
1: cameramen were doing their job really well.
0: Yes, thank you, cameraman. I hope y'all get bonuses. But overall, 4.5 for this match. It was very good. Bianca did retain. So it makes me wonder because I know the Raw after WrestleMania, they always introduce new individuals in. Whether it's from people that are acquired from the independents, whether it's people that move up from NXT, who is going to be next next? To face off against Bianca, and same thing with Rhea. Who's going to be the next person? We don't know what's going to happen next, especially now with this acquisition from from Endeavor. Who knows? We might see some female UFC stars dip their toes into the world of wrestling, and vice versa. Right? Ooh, that does give some possibility.
3: I say. I think that's probably the most interesting thing is the the potential for talent to move between those particular
0: promotions. It's going to be very interesting. All right, so the next match we have to talk about was definitely one of those up there bangers. Edge Mm. versus the Demon, Finn Balor, Hell in a Cell. All I can say is just wow. Just wow. Sally, we're going to start with you. Give us your thoughts and rating.
1: I absolutely loved Finn's look um, when he came out. Um, this match was super entertaining um, and just brutal. Uh, and I'm I'm glad that Edge got his his victory. So I would give <coughs> this a four point two five.
0: All right, JJ.
3: Yeah, um, I want to say I'd, I'd probably give it a four point five. Okay, um, I'm I'm always a fan of when they bring out all of the uh, all of the toys. accessories, the toys. They
1: even color coded them. Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah, it's cool to, to see all of that stuff. And then you know, Helena sells also one of my favorite match types because you know. My my favorite one growing up was the Undertaker, and he was in some pretty pretty memorable ones with Mankind and Triple yeah. or uh, not Triple H, uh, Shawn Michaels. But I, I think he was also in one with Triple H at yeah. one point.
0: So uh, Undertaker did Mankind, Triple H, Shawn Michaels. I think Randy Orton as well.
3: Yeah, there was I one think. for Randy Orton because that was they were promoting that on the the Rivals yeah thing. Um, I want to say. There was also one with
0: Let's, him, and I can't remember who. There's just a lot of people yeah. he did Hell in a Cell matches with. We'll just put it that way. Yeah,
3: but anyway, getting back to the match, um, yeah, it, it just—it's always nice to see that, and to a degree, it, I do get taken out a little bit because of the added safety measures that they've kind of you know brought in. Because of some of those more iconic matches and some of the, yeah. the bumps that they took then, so um, even with with that, you know they did a good job holding my attention, uh, really selling all of the all of the hits and 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 telling telling the story. So,
2: yeah, four and a half. All yeah. right, D, your turn. Um, honestly, I. I like both uh, both entrances, entrances for both members, but I think with the Hell in a Cell, it was a little bit of a disappointment. Like um, There was good spots all around. Um, I know Balor getting hurt kind of definitely slowed the momentum down because it's kind of like, well, you know, Edge trying to do his best to kind of, you know, impromptu everything, but kind of slowed some things down once the match kind of got back together it didn't seem to have that same type of pace I was expecting a little bit more um I expected a little bit more carnage but I know sometimes those things are iffy and maybe I'm just a little bit spoiled because of how they would do things I guess like an AEW when it comes to something that's a little bit more hardcore but um it was kind of, it was a little bit tame for the most part. Mm -hmm. You know, when you mentioned like the demon stuff, I was expecting it to be a little bit more, um, I don't know, just a little bit more like up tempo type of stuff. Mm -hmm. I give actually, if anything, I give more credit to edge for him being, you know, coming out there and doing what he was doing, you know, you know, with his age and everything like that, just willing to sign on for something like that. So, you know, I'm glad that he got the win out of all of that. Um, but I think if, I think the intent of the match was supposed to be a little bit more. I think a little bit longer than what they probably planned for. Give it, you know, give and take mm-hmm. the injury. Yeah. So I give it about a three. Wow, that is low. Yeah.
0: I so just... here, so here's the thing, and like comparing WWE product to AEW product, like you have to remember that it's both. They're different companies. WWE isn't one that's going to be introducing everyone bleeding within a match. Yeah. Or how they do like their more extreme matches. Because there's a lot more indie influence in AEW. So the thing is, WWE, in terms of their storytelling, if someone is going to make that type of extreme match, like Hell in a Cell, or TLC, or any of those, there's a specific reason on why they do it,
3: and a lot of it too has to kind of tie in with their. Uh, I think their their aim at making their programming family friendly and kid friendly, and in doing that, they've dialed back a lot on on the sort of more extreme side of
0: things. So that's yeah. part, so that's part of it. But also you have to think WWE is thinking more about the longevity of their performers, right? AEW, whenever they do these matches, granted, they do take some things into consideration, but they put it in the hands of their talent. And if their talent is going to do something crazy, push
3: the envelope,
0: then they're going to do it. So I liked how they did this hell in a cell match due to the fact that it tied the story together everything that's been going on for the past year, the level of brutality is exactly where it needed to be. Now, yes, Finn did get injured in this, but unlike AEW, they actually took the time, brought medical professionals out there, checked on him, stapled him up,
2: and then they went on with the match. Yeah, which which makes sense given you know, the nature of that, you know, type of level, you know, you're, you know, it's WrestleMania. So they had to mm-hmm. kind of do some pausing, but even with that, it, it still compared out of other Hell in a Cell's that they've done within, you know, um, past couple of months, that one, it just wasn't, just wasn't doing it for me. It's not saying they had to go overly brut- brutal or anything like that. It just kind of felt like it just felt like something was kind of lacking yeah. in it.
0: So for me, the one thing that was actually lacking, and quite honestly, the one thing that was really lacking in it, was the fact that it was rushed. You can tell it was rushed, mainly to make more time for the main event. Mm -hmm. That's the one thing that I picked up on. Like, if they had a more longer program time for it, it definitely would have been a lot better. But due to the fact that it was rushed, that is the one thing that really dialed back what I'm going to score it. But overall, the brutality that they did, the entrance of the demon, bringing back the demon character after so long. And the thing is, listening to the crowd when Finn came out as the demon. The demon is a fan favorite for people who watch WWE and who watched NXT when Finn was part of it. And when he would bring out that persona that resonates. And for everyone that has watched that and got to see it tonight, that spoke volumes. You have to take a look at how the crowd reacted. So I'm going to give this a 4.5. The downside is it was rushed. That's the one thing I have wrong with it. On the upside, with Edge winning, hopefully this does eliminate the Judgment Day storyline relating to him. With Rhea winning the SmackDown Women's title, that means Judgment Day will probably be moving to SmackDown because they will have to do a shakeup somehow. And hopefully Finn will break away from Judgment Day and they can continue to focus him in as a single star. And hopefully he'll be able to go into title contingency. Now, in between this match and the main event, we did have a little segment with Snoop Dogg and The Miz. Now, for those who tuned in last night to WrestleMania night one, Snoop Dogg and The Miz had a little segment to which Miz wasn't scheduled for a match. But yet Miz said that, you know, there was an email sent out, Twitter, Instagram, all this stuff for our open challenge. But no one accepted. And Snoop was like, well, okay, here comes Pat McAfee for night one, pretty much calling Miz on his BS. And then a match happened. Well, night two, Miz upset at Snoop, pretty much was calling Snoop out. Which Snoop said, my bad. And then men started going back at it. And then Snoop just started going in and then called out his bad. Shane McMahon made his return. Mind you, the last time we saw Shane McMahon was two years ago in the Royal Rumble. That was a while ago. Shane came out, match started, but during the match, Shane McMahon got injured which prompted Snoop Dogg to take control and just mollywop <laughs> Miz, not once, but twice with that right hand. Now, for those who do keep up with people that train in martial arts or combat sports, Snoop Dogg is actually very good working on the bags. He does boxing. He does train a little bit in MMA, but seeing him hit Miz was just beautiful mm-hmm. And then him hitting the slickest people's elbow, the way he jumped up and bam for the one, mm-hmm. two, three. <laughs> now I would get, we're not going to
2: rate this one. No, no, but it was great. It, it was, was a great so one. Fun. Yeah. It was, it was yep. just fun. Yeah. That's what you call entertainment right there. <laughs> just just Sports love watching things. Getting well, getting his comeuppance.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, there is one thing we do have to say. We do have to send out our well wishes to Shane McMahon because it was discovered that he did actually tear his quad during that match segment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, freak accidents happen in wrestling. They happen in MMA. They happen in boxing. You know, things happen. I you wonder
3: if that's like a critical like weakness in the physiology of the McMahon family because his dad tore, tore both of his quads jumping yeah. into the, just jumping into the ring that one time.
0: I mean, they're getting old. I mean, Shane is in Shane his fifties, Yeah, yeah. he's was- you know, granted for him being as spry as he is and still training and everything, that's good on him. Right. But it's one of those times that he just needs to say no, mm-hmm. you know, I understand glitz, glamor, you know, wrestling is in the family. But there's a time just step back. Yeah, you know, be an on-air personality, be a manager, what have you. Active ring competition just has to stop at a certain age. Yeah, back back
3: in the day, like there was a reason for having you know people like Ric Flair and and you know some of those older older talents sticking around into their you know mid to late fifties. But yeah, now now that you know wrestling in general is just you know a bigger, bigger thing and you, you can find talent a lot easier. It, there's, there shouldn't be a reason to have too many old talent, especially if, if they don't need to. Mm-hmm.
0: So now we get to most notably the match of the night. I'm not saying that because it's the main event. I'm saying it because in terms of storytelling, in terms of everything that occurred, By far, this is the one match that left one of the biggest impressions. Roman Reigns, the reigning, defending, undisputed, universal heavyweight champion, taking on the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes, in his first WrestleMania match. So, I'm going to start with D. D, your thoughts for this match and the rating.
2: Oh, man, this is definitely good from beginning to end. Um, so many, so many near falls. Um, there was a lot of momentum. Um, the crowd was definitely electric with everything that Cody was pulling off. Um, a, a very good back and forth. Probably one of the more bigger, um, bigger uh, matches that I think Reigns has had in the last couple of matches that he had to. Um, Defend his title and everything. Um, it was kind of funny because I think we did kind of discuss, got kind of lightly about, you know, the Usos popping up, and then obviously Sammy and um, Ko coming out there, and you know, and lo and behold, that's actually how it happened. Which, you know, looking back at it now, it's just like, oh man, you know, they really, you know, trying to get the crowd, and that got the crowd even more into a frenzy because you're like, oh wait, maybe this is the moment. You know where everything happens, but you know then the rug gets pulled out from underneath, and then that happens. But you know people are trying to maybe maybe this is one of those like longer term bookings and stuff, and maybe what'll end up happening is you know there's still a a certain uh, legend killer that's still you know recovering right now my only only way I could really accept something like this happening is if maybe, um, maybe once, uh, Randy Orton comes back, maybe that's the person that he might, um, drop the belts to. But overall, I actually give it a five just because it was, it was a frenzy and it really did get you to believe, you know, in Cody and that he was actually going to do this. But, um, Probably the closest, the closest, probably up to this point, who's actually pushed him to that limit, and it was a definitely different kind of match from top to bottom, from beginning to end. I ain't never seen Reigns really sweat that much and so much stuff going on in one match like that. So, I'll definitely give it my second five of the night. All right, JJ.
3: So for me, it's a little hard to. compare it with some of the other matches because of just the the amount of time that went into it, the amount of, uh, you know, things that you had to pay attention to. Um, but, you know, overall, I, I feel like it was a very impactful match. The storytelling was, you know, spot on. Um, I think... You know, push comes to shove, I would probably have to give this a four and a half.
0: Okay. Sally?
1: The only thing I didn't like about this match was the outcome. Because I really was hoping that this would be, like, the chance for Cody. And, like, last night they had two title changes. Tonight there were three title defenses, and none of them changed hands.
0: Yeah, I noticed that, too.
1: And, like, there were so many people that were just mad. Mm
0: -hmm. So, what's your rating?
1: I would still give it a a 4.5.
0: So, I'm going to give it a 4.5. The reason why is because of what we did, and we're calling it the shenanigans count. (laughs) (laughs) In total, there were eight levels of shenanigans that occurred during this match. And the first four started with Solo interfering, you know, just hitting Cody with the chair, sweeping Cody off his feet. Um, the belt. The belt. And then the
3: fourth one was Cody kicking the ref, right?
0: Yep. Yep. And then it went. But that in, was
1: an unintentional one. Right. right. Yeah. Then it yeah. went
0: into the Usos coming in. Then it went to Sammy and KO coming in. Yep. Yeah. Then it went to Solo at the end, delivering the Samoan Spike.
2: Yeah. Actually, now that you mention all that, I think I probably dropped mine down <laughs> to <a> four. <laughs> I like, and now that I'm listening to all these, like, you know, I was like, yep, Shenanians. yep, yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. I give it a. I give it a
0: four. So I'm still. I'm still going to give it a four point seven five.
3: Well, and I mean, shenanigans aren't always necessarily mm-hmm. a bad thing. I mean, but you know, when you when you go back, the, the 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 thing to me about the shenanigans is that it doesn't quite necessarily fit the persona, right? Because yeah. like the idea here is, you know, Roman Reigns, he's the tribal chief, he's you know, head of the table. He's kind of this guy who's supposed to be able to handle all of this stuff on his own,
1: but he needs four people to
3: take down Cody. He needs the tribe in order (laughs) to still be the head of the table. Yeah. I'm like,
2: not even MGF does that. (laughs) Yeah. Versus, you know, if
3: you think about it, you know, probably the, the most well-known wrestler for shenanigans was Eddie Guerrero, or at least for me. Yeah. But Eddie did it. Eddie did it. Eddie did it. It was like goofy where, yeah, it was goofy. It was fun. It was lighthearted. and, it was part of his persona. It was built into his personality, his his uh, whole character.
0: Right. So, aside from the shenanigans counter, because, good God, too many shenanigans. It's become an M.O. for any Roman match nowadays, where mm-hmm. the bloodline interferes. For one, actually, no, I'm going to drop mine down to a four. <laughs> now thinking about it. <laughs> mm-hmm, because every Roman reigns match has involvement from the bloodline, every match. When are they going to either A, have Roman wrestle on his own, no interference, or B, have someone take the belt off of him? Now, me, from the business perspective of pro wrestling, I now understand the booking because, you know, we do have Randy Orton possibly coming back. We also possibly have the acquisition of Switchblade Jay White coming from New Japan Pro Wrestling to WWE. We also may have a returning AJ Styles because he's on the shelf right now. Braun Breaker is supposed to be getting a main event call up here pretty soon. And they have high hopes for him coming from NXT to the main roster. Depending on if he falls on Raw, SmackDown, won't matter because it's Roman Reigns. There's a a lot of possibilities on who can be next, but unfortunately, the way that they hyped this up, the way that they built it, Mm -hmm. Cody should have won. And this is from my perspective as a fan. What WWE pretty much did was piss off the majority of their fan base. Yes, there's, there's a lot of people that love the bloodline in Roman Reigns. I like the storyline intricacy with it. But ultimately, when you have Cody come back from everything that he's done, put him in the main event, and you don't pull the trigger on him being the champion, which you know people would be behind him. People would appreciate him. And if he turned heel, then it would actually be a bigger thing than Roman. And he wouldn't need that much for, like, distraction, shenanigans, none of that, because he would be a straight-up heel without the the faction. To me, that takes away from the experience. Because it's a case where WWE was not listening to the fans. You know, yeah, long-term thing, something's going to happen. Roman will eventually drop the title. But there has to be a point in time where enough is enough with Roman being champion. Yeah, we have two months in... The 1,000-day
1: mark. The 1,000-day mark.
0: Which the 1,000-day mark actually falls in line with backlash in Puerto Rico. Which there's no telling if he'll drop the belt then.
2: Yeah, I don't even think that would be the that wouldn't be the the um we'll have to pee pull out pay-per-view. our pay
3: per view you know, crack research team to to look at the calendar and see exactly when day one thousand falls.
0: So I have a feeling that if he does drop the title, it will be at SummerSlam. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Summerslam would be the pay per view that he would drop it at. Because Lord knows they didn't let him drop it this pay per view. Mm, the it, one pay-per-view would have made sense so overall rating for night two starting with Sally
1: I was counting the days now I don't know where I was at (laughs) we'll Um, we'll get back to it later I would give tonight's a 4.25 as a whole show
3: okay JJ I think, I think I actually end up at about a four and a half.
0: Okay.
2: D. Yep. Um, I'm at a four, I'm at a four that championship match thing. Kind of, kind of left me kind of sideways. I'm not going to lie. So I'm going to go with a 4.5 on it because yeah, there are no
0: title changes, but if you take a look at the meat and potatoes of these matches, there was some damn good matches, There were some heavy-hitting matches. You know, it it was good. It was good. The opener could have been a little bit better, but for what it was, it was good. The main event pissed me off. Yeah. Because for once, I want to see
2: Reigns actually do this straight up. Yeah, and then you had the Usos losing it the previous night, so I think everybody was anticipating that. All right, this is, him. yeah, like this, is the bloodline story yeah. is going to basically kind of end right here and there. But now the question, well, I didn't mean to cut you off, but okay. now the question is just mainly focusing on what's going to be the other part of the story. Because now the Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens angle, mm-hmm. that's all done with now. No, it ain't. Because they can always ask for a rematch during Backlash or SummerSlam. What? Yeah, but they wouldn't. Yeah, they would. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that. I mean, like they wouldn't drop the belts. It just it'd be a good round two. But
0: yeah, they won't drop the belts, but they will ask for
2: that rematch. Yeah. Yeah, and that and that's fair. It's just you know, at, at this point, you know, momentum's on their side. But mm-hmm. that aspect of it, like the the when when are they going to, you know, the Usos thing? When are they going to drop it? You know, that's already that's complete. So it feels so it feels a little bit like you know, a, a complete story from beginning to end, the way it ended and everything like that. But with the the Roman side, now they have to figure out, all right, what's going to be our next yeah, story? What does it build to from here? Yeah. yeah. Who's, Who's the next challenger?
0: All right. So, Sally, what else did you want to add?
1: Backlash is when? May 6th? May yep. 6th. So, A Thousand Days, I think, gets us to May 27th.
0: Okay, so it'll be more or less around SummerSlam when he'll probably drop it, which SummerSlam will be.
3: Yeah, probably.
0: Uh, June or July, one of the two. One of the two. We'll have to look. Um, Whose turn was it? Oh, D. Oh, I thought I already... Did you give your rating? rating? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, then it's you, JJ. I thought I already gave mine.
1: You did yours. Even. We all gave our rating.
0: Mm-hmm. Overall rating for night one? And yeah, half. yeah, you, you yours was four Oh, yeah, we half, already right? did. We did, we yeah. did. That's right. That's right, that's right. D, did you give yours? hmm <laughs> Okay. I gave it a four. We're all okay. tired. You can tell it's, a, it's <laughs> yeah, late, it's yeah. Late. it's late. It's about to be 1230 over here in, in good old North Dakota. But anyways, overall, I think we can say that this was a very good WrestleMania. I mean, it had a lot of craziness. It had a lot of twists and turns. So, I'm excited. <laughs> Holy hell, I am tired. <laughs> uh, I am excited to see what happens next, especially with Endeavor purchasing WWE. Or who knows, maybe Tony Tony Khan will slip in at the very last moment making AE WWE mm. a reality. And we'll have Roman Reigns and Kenny Omega for a main event. Hey, <laughs> that'd be hilarious.
1: Tony Storm and Rhea Ripley as a team? What?
0: Tony Storm versus Rhea Ripley. Jamie Hayter and Rhea Ripley as a team. I can see some possibilities here. Anyways, I'd like to thank my wonderful friends, my co-hosts, the Looking Glass crew for joining me. So thank you to Miss Sally Stitch.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Always. JJ Walkies Esquire. Happy to be here. And D Twizzle. Yeah, buddy. That was, that was fun. <laughs> for being here for this weekend of absolute madness. So once again, this has been another episode of Cheshire's Place, A Looking lesson in a Logical Madness. I have been your host, the melodious one, Mr. Cheshire. And just as my namesake, the Cheshire Cat, now that I can actually do my outro the way that I'm supposed to do it, I am everywhere yet nowhere. We'll see you again for the next episode coming up on Saturday. Have a good night.